This is Shop Talk with Jeff and John. This is a podcast about bicycles and all things bicycles, but it's more than that. We also discuss our adventures, not only on the bike, but off of it as well. We may or may not be experts, but we definitely have something to say. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. Several things to cover this week, but first, a little catch up. Not for French fries, Jonathan. Put that away. I'm sorry. Just, uh, how you doing, Jonathan? Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, what was it? What the? What, what did the father, uh, what father tomato, say to the son tomato, or? When they Wait, were, how did it go? No, 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 no. <laughs> Father's father what? tomatoes walking, and the fa- and the son tomato is fa- is uh, uh uh falling behind. Yeah. So the father tomato comes back and then steps on him. And says, he says, Ket- "Catch up, catch up." Yeah. <laughs> I took a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the reward was worth the effort. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Happy New Year. Uh, you mentioned last week uh, the year of the rat, or as you yes. like to affectionately call it, affectionately call it, our Disneyland likes to call it the year, year of the mouse. The mouse, and we went to Disneyland on Saturday. So you partook, partaken, or something, or got took we, one of the two. We got, uh, we got <laughs> took. Oh my gosh! I mean, um, even Trina was like, "Wow, there's a lot of Asians here." She's like, "You know, there's a good, there's already a good chunk of Asians." But there was like a bunch of Asians. Everybody in that uh, that Chinese New Year, yeah. Year of the Mouse, uh-huh. man. Right, and then, dude, Disneyland, like they are selling like you know red, red sweatshirts, red you know T-shirts, and it's you know, the whole you know uh, uh, New Year thing, and they are making hand over fist. Yeah, dude. You know, and then uh, there was a there was a Mulan show, you know, it was, uh-huh. like, a, it was like a 15, 10 minute show or whatever, you know, and uh, it was, you know, Chinese Chinese New Year, you know, show, whatever. So I'm like, oh, this would be cool. Like I saw like the, the, the drums out, you know, like almost like the taiko drums. You know, uh-huh. That's Japanese, of course. But anyhow, it looked like that. Yeah. And then it, they came out and then it was like so watered down, like really? whitewashed down <laughs> i was all expecting like big old dragon and like big loud booming you know and firecracker you know like chinese New right Year. yeah but it was nope. like it was the disney version the disney version yeah yeah it was all cute and stuff I'm like oh okay but I, I i haven't talked to you during the week because i wanted to hear fresh because you posted and i didn't get it there, there's a new ride oh my god Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So um. So the you know the Galaxy Edge, right? That's the Star Wars land thing. And then so there's that new ride. It's Rise of the Resistance. And this whole time, you know, the uh, the precursors and the marketing has always kind of been like, this is going to be like one of the longest ride. This is like the most extensive. It's a, it's really an experience and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, cool. So um. Uh, the the rides have been selling out and and Disneyland was smart enough that they made you uh, uh uh get tickets or get yeah get passes to the ride via their digital queue 
they're also on the on the on the phone. Uh huh. And so you know you log in, um, and and like at, right at eight o'clock when the when the park opens, you you are literally shooting for a a, a pass, and like by eight o one, it's sold out. Like there's no more passes for the day. And it's stupid. It's like it, they're like they're, so they do. They call these boarding groups or whatever, and they're like they're boarding groups of of eight people. So you are ultimately what they they. It's like up to like eighty five. You know, you have a pretty good chance of getting on. Uh-huh. But then you know they'll go up to boarding group one twenty or something like that. You know, and it may not be eight people. I might be wrong on that, but there's that many things going on um so we got boarding group 39 you know and like oh sweet okay and so that was gonna be like midday whatever so then um they called us up and then right then and there the ride broke down so like okay so then we're just chilling for about an hour and then we got a message hey your ride's back up so then we go back in and so it was still like early on because people weren't weren't going back to the ride yet and um we ended up getting uh an escape pod all, all to ourselves. It was like an eight seat escape pod uh-huh. and it was all to ourselves. Now I skipped ahead a little bit, but literally from the time you walk into that ride, it's a, it already starts like the, the experience already starts. You're walking through the caverns as if like, you know, kind of, um, was it, um, th- th- there's uh, been a few of those uh, of the, uh, of the movies where, you can see like they're they're underground or they're, yeah. they're going through the caverns uh-huh. right and you know things are exploding outside and so like you know like snow or rocks are falling down right, right. okay so it's those it's those kind of ca- caverns that you're walking through okay and it's way longer than like Indiana Jones if if you if anyone remembers that right, right? okay like you're walking you're walking but it's all like experiential it's pretty sweet and then so finally you know you yeah once you walk out um then you walk outside again. You're like, oh, dang. And then so then there's a shuttle. And then so you walk onto the shuttle, right? And the shuttle is almost like Star Tours. But you're standing. So you got onto the shuttle. And then so then it obviously is acting like it's lifting off into space. So then we take off into space. And inside, literally, like there's all these like screens playing as if, you're in the shuttle, so you're looking outside. Right. And then, so now you get into space, and then all of a sudden there's an Imperial destroyer, and TIE fighters are coming at you, and then, you know, just the X-Wings are fighting, right? And, and like, you're involved, like, right? Like, it's, it's shaking, like, again, like Star Tours. And then we ended up getting captured by the Imperial destroyer, right? So then you get sucked in, right? You know? Uh-huh. And then they, they board us. So then the other, you know, the other side door opens and then all of a sudden you're now on the Imperial Destroyer. As soon as you open, you're in that big old cargo bay. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Can, you, can you envision that? Right. Right. And then there's like, like, I don't know, 50 or 100 stormtroopers all standing in line, like as if they're ready to go fight. But you just got uh, uh, just uh, crashed the party. Yeah. Yeah. And then so now, you know, you're you're uh, you're uh, uh, supposedly now in space. You're on a, a, a destroyer, and then you, uh, uh, 
you're basically captured. So then the Imperial guards or whatever, and they're like, you're now under arrest. You're now whatever, you know, and yeah. we need information. You're now going to go into interrogation, blah, blah, blah. And obviously they're queuing us to get into a line for something else, for another part of the ride. But the whole time we're there and then we're laughing, we're looking at each other, we're talking, you know, and they're like, no talking. No, I mean, they're literally treating you crappy, like as if you're captured. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, someone's going to cry. I'm almost going to cry because, like, <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. And these guys are mean. Right, like, right. You know, like, oh. And they're, they, they're totally trying to stay in character, you know? What was crazy was, like, we were, like, in the middle of the pack. It was a big group, like, as we were walking through. Um, but, you know, everyone's in a rush. Everyone's in a rush. And uh, Trina's always blamed me for, like, not rushing and then letting people cut in front of us and things like that. So I ended up in the back. So then, well, we ended up in the back. Literally the back. Like, like there was no one else behind us. Uh-huh. Right? And then so we were the last ones to get into the next queue. And then so certainly, again, you know, you're captured, blah, blah. And then uh, 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 so then they put us in a holding cell. And then all of a sudden, the holding cell gets gets uh, uh, broken in or whatever, and it's the rebels that are letting us out. Okay. And they let us out, and then now you get onto this escape pod. Well, again, the whole group, they're all trying to be in a rush, so then they take off, right? And I end up last again, all right? And then so they load up, and then guess what? There ends up eight, being eight people on the, on, on the, on the uh, escape pod. Well, there were two escape pods. Yeah. So then, you know, the 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 whatever, you know, the the employee rebel guy, you know, he's like, "All right, over here." And he points at this empty escape pod. I'm like, "Okay, what? Uh okay. Okay, yeah, we'll sit down." So we sit down like no one else joins us. And like, "What the heck?" You know? And, right, and right. It's like he starts his language like, "Okay, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're uh the the uh, uh don't get captured, blah, 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 you know? And I'm like, wait a minute, no one else is joining us? And he's like, well, th th they got captured. That's <laughs> that's what happens. So you stay alive, you know? He's like, he's he thinks it's funny too. Yeah. But literally, because people were cutting in front of us, we ended up having an escape out all to ourselves. That was pretty cool. Right, that was crazy. And then, so then you're now going through the 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 whatever, the destroyer. Right. And that you're going, you're, you're like zipping through and stuff like that. And it's on, it's not, it's not even on rails, it's on wheels, but it's almost like, uh, um, almost like a drone and like, it's totally going through. And then, you know, I don't know if you've seen any previews or uh -uh. whatever, but like there's a whole cargo bay with the AT, ATs or, you know, yeah. All right. And, and everyone's fighting, shooting and whatever. And you're just like, what? And you're going through. And then all of a sudden, so then finally, you know, it, it takes us to another part and, and the escape pod goes into a shuttle or whatever. And then it gets dropped, you know, as if it, it's, it's, it's letting you off into space. Yeah. So then there's a little bit like a free fall, you know. And then so now it's Star Tours again and you're doing whatever. And then finally you crash down on the ground again, you know, and then you're back home on the Rebel base or whatever. Right, right. But it was like, Wow. You're on the ground. You get taken a shuttle. You get captured onto a destroyer. You go through the destroyer, and then you you escape, and then you back land back on the ground. And it's like a full on, like you just went through this experience. Really nice. 
Good time. I mean, that was huge. Yeah. And so how long? Like, I, well, I, I, they said 15 minutes. I, I'm, I, it's probably, uh, who knows? I, I didn't time it at all. Yeah. But it, you were in there for a minute it, it though. Was, yeah. It yeah. was not like you wait in line and then you do a roller coaster for what? 45 seconds or and then you're seconds done and you're done. Yeah. No, this was, this was good. You're tired and breathing hard when it's all said and done. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So that's worth it. You know? Awesome. But the problem is you have to be there right at opening it just in order to get the boarding pass. So yeah. You have to like DD mouth to ride over there and Everything. take your chances. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel bad for, you know, the, the tourists and stuff who don't know. And then they're like, well, we got here at nine and, you know, and the, you guys are sold out. And like, oh, yeah, you're sold out. So really, it's all your like your annual pass holders that are doing the eight a.m. You know, because they know and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then what's even crazy is like the rumor is that if you don't get a boarding pass, and then they leave, they leave the park, they're done. They they just came to just do the ride. Oh, really? Yeah, or to get the pass for to the get ride, the pass. And then for they'll the... stay for as long as they need to to get it on the ride, and then after that they take off. Yeah. So it's like an annual pass holder could go if they don't get it, then they leave and they could just keep trying until they Correct. get it. Correct. So you lucked out on the first time. We did. Awesome. Yeah. Trina, yeah. have fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And you spent so, the whole day there then? Ten hours. Yeah. So we, you know, we we we, we tapped out at six p.m. <laughs> yeah. It was like you know because we were thinking we were gonna do ten to eleven p.m. But yeah, know, it was. You so know, what time did y'all leave then? What, Five thirty. We left the house here, you know, in Elsinore. And so, do like, you did you get in line at the gate at eight o'clock? Yeah. Well, dude, it took an hour to get down there, which usually, you know, it takes like two hours to get yeah. down to Anaheim. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So an hour, and then, um, and then as soon as we exited the freeway, it took half hour just to get parking. Wow. Yeah. That was stupid. <laughs> Everybody trying to get on it was that crazy. thing. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we got into the park at like seven forty-five. Yeah. So when does the park open? Eight. Okay. And then, then you wait. So you waited at the gate. At Correct. Seven, and then you went at eight o'clock straight to the. Yeah, well, because it's digital, you just have to be inside the park. They, they scan your, 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 your pass. And, and then, then that, okay. And, and then, then you and then can go in a queue allowed. and do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Almost like being in space, this tech, the technology they have to pretty smart, man. to get on a ride. I wish, I wish I was that smart to, 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 to I don't know, man, to be a part of all that whole production. Wow, it's crazy. I mean, man, engineers and who knows what, just crazy. It's smart. It sounds overwhelming, but it sounds fun. It sounds like a lot of work. But yeah, I think the, re- so. the reward is. I think so. No, yeah. no, yeah. They're they're probably smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, and <laughs> <laughs> drinking on the job just to get the timelines in. So. Any any other exciting things over the week? That was it. That's it. Uh, How about I, you? I did a bike ride. <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, our Thursday, you know, our weekly night ride. Oh yeah, really beautiful night this weekend. Yeah. This yeah, week, like ten strong. Ten strong. It was good time, and what I really like about the ride is just everyone sort of has the same mentality. It's just oh, yeah, yeah, good times. Nobody's like hammering, you know. At the end, everyone looks at Strava to see how they did, but it's all about everybody's good on the regroup. If somebody's not like, you know, doesn't have the hot sauce in their legs or whatever, you know, it's just super chill. A lot of fun. And when there's 10 people that are riding like that, it really makes it enjoyable as opposed, you know, to 
on a Saturday when everyone's just all amped. You know? Well, if it means anything, I, I, I've considered riding with you guys on Thursday. Well, I know. Well, thank you. I, I mean, know. I didn't know, but yeah. I, I, I mean. No, and that's all. I don't, yeah, I know, because no. I don't invite you anymore. <laughs> but I, as long I'm as you're like, considering should it. I, should, maybe I should ride. Nah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, all right. So. But guess what else I'm considering? What are you considering? This, this like commuting thing. Thinking about maybe giving that a shot two or three days a week. I salute you, sir. I've just, I've done the math and I'm just like, my time is precious. Yeah, I know. That's the thing I'm struggling with is losing the hour at the, I don't mind losing the hour in the morning. No problem with that whatsoever. But it seems like, especially when the time changes and it's not dark when we leave work, there's always the ability to like get home and do something or to do something on the way home. So, yeah. um, but I want to try to make the commitment, wow. especially when the time changes and it's just a touch warmer uh-huh. um, to do it. If nothing else, but to get miles. I'm already getting home at eight o'clock just driving. I know. And Trina, she's in bed at nine. Uh, yeah, right? So I got an hour with her. <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Yeah. And if I rode, I wouldn't be home until nine. I know. So, so there's just... things to weigh out. What bike do I want to do? Then I don't I don't know. So I'm still yeah. playing with it. But all of this is circulating in my head because I am 100 percent enamored with the studying and reading of the Continental Divide Trail. And I'm just looking at it as a way to just to ride or get miles. So for no other. I mean, I don't. Not to take anything from the group rides, but I just want to ride. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. and with with no pressure other than to get to work and to get home. And I think that may, you know, I think I'm going to use that as a stepping stone. Got it. To just sort of get some mileage back. And because, you know, when we do our trips, and we're going to talk about that here shortly, our most recent trip, you know, we do 60 or 70 miles and the legs don't hurt. You you just have a good time because you're not like screaming and hammering. Yeah. It's just more enjoying the journey. And I think that's sort of what I want to use the commute for. Got it. It's just a little solitude on the bike and, yeah. you know, get, get back and forth. But who knows? I've talked myself out of less things. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, but the whole CDT, the Continental Divide Trail or the main yeah, divide trail. Yeah, you just got some new books. Yeah, been reading watching i'm 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 intrigued by ultra endurance um uh really events okay yeah that's what's intriguing you that i mean uh you know i've i've done an echo challenge style race and i've done the the one day adventure races back when adventure racing was the thing and the seven day race we did was 360 miles over however many days it took you to finish all human means of propulsion okay but i mean so where i'm stuck in my head with you is that like are you wanting to do the cdt for the 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 journey experience of the cdt landscape or are you doing it for the race aspect of it and like you know you sleep for one hour no no you i mean even doing it on the scenic way is still an ultra endurance event. So I'm not like looking, no, have no desire to race. Okay. It's, it's like people who do the PCT, but want to speed walk to PCT. Like, you know, my brother-in-law doing the Appalachian trail, going to take the full 
six months to do it instead of trying to do it in three months. Yeah. No, I I believe in in the journey. Got it. So and but just reading and knowing the training and what it takes to do something like that. Now, will I ever have the time to do the leisure pace? Which one of the books I'm reading is a 60 day excursion to do all 2,750 miles. That's 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 fast. Is that slow or fast? That's slow because that's slow. to do the race or the people who do it like, okay, the race, the, the fastest race are doing it in like 13 days. Wait, let's do the math here. So 2,700 miles divided by 60, I'm not that smart. So 45 miles a day. Yeah. That's still a lot. Right. No, it is. And their, their gauge is like the first... 10 or 12 days, you're doing only 25 or 30, you know, when you get down to, uh, to do Mexico and some of these other, you know, the flatter areas, oh, there you, go. you pick up your mileage to okay. 64. So do that same 2,700 miles and divide it by 12. 225 miles a day. That's what the people who race it in June are doing. Yeah. And then the people who aren't, ra- who aren't doing that type of challenge, but do it and do it in 30. So if you do it in 30, there's it's like 25 days. That's roughly 100 miles a day, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like not racing, but faster than a casual pace. People are doing it in 25 to 30 days. You have to do 100 miles a day. Yeah. For, And that's like, wow, that's crazy. It's just something to get your head wrapped around and just looking. And I like looking at what people ride and... I don't know. My wife will tell you that a lot of my hobbies and everything I'm involved in is all gear eccentric. <laughs> you know, and it's just like this whole bike packing thing or bike camping. You know, the gear and the rigs that people use and to do it with are right. just as cool as the actual event, right. I think. So right. Right. and seeing how everyone brings something different to the table, which we saw. And we'll go ahead and segue into that when we did our our trip just recently. We went to Joshua Tree. Yeah. Three days, three days, three yeah. days, two nights, three days. But the way it worked out for us, we ended up having uh, three nights in three days. Yeah, we got the extra night. Yeah, we got the extra night. There yeah. You go. So and a big shout out to Kat and Jacob. Thank you for yes. allowing us to crash and and partake of Camp Five, as she likes to call her side yard, which <laughs> uh, which actually was very, very beneficial to get there and kind of have a place that we knew we could camp that's going to be sort of secluded right, and not have right, to right. worry about, you know, mm-hmm, other people. Mm-hmm, so that was, mm-hmm. that was huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I mean, a special thank you to Cameron, um, because, you know, Cameron has, uh, some old colleagues, yeah. um, in Joshua tree. And so, you know, Kat and Jacob Colella, and they, uh, they reside in Joshua tree. And they're what, geez, half a mile away from Park Avenue, Park, yeah. Park Street, whatever you yeah. want to call Park it. Park Boulevard. Park Boulevard. Yeah. Which is the west entrance. The west entrance. Uh, or, yeah, takes you yeah. to the west entrance. Um, and then so we uh, drove up after work. Was it like Tuesday night? The yeah. F- the f- January 4th. 14th. F- 14th? It was 15, 16, and 17. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So the 14th. And then. Um, what <laughs> ended up at their house at like midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And then sort of set up camp, but everyone was sort of amped about the trip. Yeah. There were six people 
that ended up going on this trip. Mm -hmm. So we had Cameron, his friend uh, Darren, yep, uh, JT who tripped with us on on the beach and yep. and the one that you did your first trip with. Yep. and he's been on the show before. And then uh, you and me, and then Ann Jeanette. Ann Jeanette, like. Found out on Saturday she was leaving on Tuesday to go on a, on a sixty mile <laughs> bikepacking trip. So, hats off to Anjanette as well, right? Yeah. Jumping off the couch and totally tackling yeah. that beast. No, she was in the shop, and I'm like, wait a minute, I think you're free next week. Like, hey, do you want to go on a, a a bike camping trip? And she's like, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And so, like, we did like this. Hard hardcore uh shakedown. Yeah. And like, okay. Okay, you bring your stuff tomorrow. I'll bring some stuff yeah. today and then we'll get together the following day and then we'll and then then it was she was cute. Once we got every she yeah. got all her shakedown stuff and we gave everything to her, she was texting us. Okay, yeah. so I got this, I got this. What do I need? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. and we're like and we're both giving her directions via the text and uh -huh. she's sending us pictures and checking in. Yeah. So she was definitely a trooper, brought a really good attitude to yeah. the trip. And it was I think she added uh, a dynamic to it that was that was yeah. needed. So it was pretty no, cool. Definitely. So, so cheers, Anjanette. Thanks for joining us. And you know, she's also now, since that trip, talked about well, if I do this to my bike and add this and this and this, there's then I could do more trips and there's things I could do. So yeah, no man, that and, was cool. And I know if, if people are listening close, yeah, there was a name missing. <sighs> Vinny, 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 Vinny. We'll just leave that one alone though. Yeah, Vinny wasn't able to make it this time. Yeah. So, but we did learn a few things on the trip. And Joshua Tree now has a bike camping area. Yeah. That's designated. Yeah, yeah. So the one nighter that we've always dreaded or had trouble in our planning is now for if nothing else pans out, a lot easier to do yeah. a, a fifty miler overnighter, yeah. twenty five out yeah. and twenty five back. Yeah. You know. Well, okay, so Ryan Campground. Um, this year for 2020, Joshua Tree decided to uh, set up uh, or designate three campsites as uh, biker sites. And so biker as in bicycling, sorry, bicycling yeah. sites. So if you ride your bike into the park, you can ride to those campsites. And those are first come, first serve. Right. Um, which, by the way, not many people are riding their bicycles into the park to go camping. So your chance of getting a site is very, very good. Yep. Um, and uh, $15 a night, and you get that site. Yeah. Versus having to make reservations anymore uh, for any of the other campsites because you drove in right. and things like that. So back up on the logistics, which is how we did this trip. An overview on the trip and how we were, what, you know, each one is kind of a, an evolution on the previous one so we did our first one it rained and we we got tested in several different ways that one but we wanted to do this trip where we had to logistically plan and think about water and places that we were going to sleep and sort of how to strategically do this over a period of three days so went and we made reservations and our first reservation was at jumbo rocks um that kind of gave us a 26 or 27 mile. 20, it ended up being 22. 
Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. A 22-mile day with about 2,700 feet of climbing. Uh, uh, was that too, uh, something like that? Sure. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And then from then, I looked at a reservation at Indian Cove because we wanted to circumnavigate or do a circle through Joshua Tree. So we went in the west entrance, uh, camped at Jumbo Rocks, got up the next morning, and went out uh, – that's the north entrance, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Went out the north entrance, which is right there at 29 Palms in the Oasis Visitor Center. Ate lunch in 29 Palms and then rode up the highway a little bit towards the entrance to Indian Cove Campground. And then camped the night at Indian Cove. That was, gave it kind of as a shorter day, not mileage-wise, but the way that it worked out is that we had over half the ride where we didn't have to pedal. It was Dude, downhill. That was insane. W- that was so awesome. It was like... How, how? Okay, well, so we went 12 miles downhill. Yeah. Well, actually, no, 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 not true. We went downhill, and a good chunk of it, of the 12 miles, was downhill. Yeah. That's the way to say it. Yeah. Right. Because from the time we left the campsite, I mean, it was still down. Yeah. And down, but... Then we come around the corner and, and it got it, really cold going down yeah. because we were going fast. Stop and, and put cold. on a jacket. But um, so that allowed us to get a cover a little more ground yeah. and get to Indian Cove slightly earlier in the day. We did. Mm-hmm. To allow to like recoup, set up, relax. And, you know, yeah. we, des- we decided to go get some, some firewood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. So. Um, and then the third day, Friday, was a was a short day. I think thirteen or fifteen miles. Fifteen uh, from Indian Cove back into Joshua Tree Village, technically to where we left our car. So we did a circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn well, near sixty miles or fifty-seven, whatever it was. So I got the stats here. Okay. And so day one uh, was twenty-four miles, and uh, really. 2,000 feet of climbing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, it took us three and a half hours to do it, you know. Now, three and a half hours of moving, uh, moving time. time. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, we took an hour break for lunch. We, you know. Oh, we stopped at the chilled. gate for like an hour, too, right? When we first, when we came up the hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We stopped at the entrance for almost yeah, an yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, Well, a, the first for- five miles was just getting to the gate. Yeah. And so that's a climb and um it was like a it was like a between a 6 and 8% grade. Yeah. You know, um just a steady slog. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you get up to the to the to the west entrance um and then you know they have bathrooms and they have water there. Yeah. And then we were strategic about the water. Right. So we left camp and we knew we had to climb so we just left with hydration water, enough to get us to the gate. We knew we had five miles of climbing, so every individual took the amount of water that they thought they needed for five miles of climbing. Granted, there was a lot of empty water containers in our gear because the idea was when we got to the gate to refill all our hydration water and then fill up yeah. necessity water, right? you know, yeah. water totally. to replenish hydration the next morning and to cook and eat with. Yeah. So, and I thought that worked out very well. I mean, yeah, um, I ended up cutting it close by one bottle. Um, 
by one bottle that night. So yeah. you you went through uh, all your hydration water plus your back all the water you brought to the camp, except for one liter or one bottle. Well, so the idea there was that right. you know you have your hydration water for the day, uh-huh. um, and then you need your hydration water for the next day, which so comes out of the that. water you just replenished. Uh huh. And then there was the hydration water for camp. Yeah. And then so, um, so. I ended up using all my camp water, all my hydration water for the day, and then I started tapping into my hydration water for the next day. Okay. Yeah. And then so um, so I left myself with two water bottles instead of three for the next day. Yeah. And then so I, I, w- I was one short ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, oh, maybe I survived. I... Mine played out uh, as we as we went to leave uh, Wednesday morning. My math got skewed because I my Camelback, which was yeah. seven, seventy ounces, as soon as I put pressure on it, was leaking and getting everything. So I couldn't take the Camelback. So I lost seventy ounces of water. Actually, I lost fifty because I went from a seventy ounce thing to like an eighteen ounce just water bottle. Okay, so. You know, I was counting on the 70 ounces to be most of the hydration and the other stuff. So by the time we got up the next morning and I drank and filled up everything and we left the park, um, when we got to the water station out at the exit of the park, I was down to 24 ounces. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, Yeah. you know, but at camp, you know, our first night there, it, it was cold and you, you're kind of fatigued and you're tired and it. We didn't have firewood, so, you know, it's like backpacking. So in order and to keep warm, you take walks or you do things. But I, you know, I made like three ramen broths, you know, just just so you could get fluid in you and something warm with a little nourishment type of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, right, right. I well, mean, so then I ended up running out of uh, uh, propane or whatever, you know, for my, for my, hello. Your, your little pocket rocket. My, yeah, my pocket rocket. Um, because I brought propane for me and um, Angie. Right. Right. And uh, I just, I, well, I thought I had enough, but, you know, I, I, I learned something new. Right. At this time is that even though it feels, the canister feels like there's it's full, well, it, it, th- there may not be enough pressure to let it out. To, right. And then therefore, like, you know, you almost waste fuel because it's not. Uh, retractable right um so i ran out of of uh of of fuel basically that morning next right? morning that yeah, yeah that morning mm-hmm. which yeah. i mean it was enough fine yeah. you know and i think i ended up using some, a couple of your guys's for the little bit yeah yeah and you learn something else too hmm. that if you shake your stove <laughs> and a little red glowing windscreen I, falls off of your stove. I burned my fingers. Don't reach down and pick it up while it's still glowing it's, red. It's still, and <laughs> it's still here. My 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 index on my my thumb, my left uh, fingers, man. Um, do not pick up hot items um, from the ground. And you almost did it twice. I almost did it twice. <laughs> I was trying to shake it because I was trying to get the fuel to come out. Yeah, and it was just bad news. Yeah. Well, live and learn. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um I lost track with your with your burning oh. yourself. 
Um, no. So the water, I think the water was crucial. Now, something in that scenario is that it wasn't hot. No. You know, meaning we didn't, even though it's altitude and the desert is dry, I drank a lot of water. I mean, there were times that I actually, you know, I was sweating, so I continued to drink, but I never got dehydrated. But had it been 20 degrees, 15 degrees warmer, I think it could have been a different scenario. Oh, yeah. I mean, because even though it was only 55 or 57 or whatever, the sun was blaring. I mean, you could feel the sun. It's just that the air temperature was cold. Yeah. You know, but anytime you drink in your skin, was just completely ravagedly and dry. Yeah. It's like, so if it was 65 or 70, it could have been a different scenario with water, I feel. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not as much needed at night for cooking or for hot beverages. Yeah. But uh, still, you know, you yeah. that, that water after both of our trips now, that water, water is a, is a key element in the whole planning of all of these things. It's a key uh, suck too in the whole planning of things because, yeah. I mean, again, I ended up carrying uh, eight liters. That's sixteen pounds, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, and it's not like, and and then people say, well, how do you do it on a different trip? Well, on a different trip, if we're following a trail or a road or something. Even if we're in a backcountry, you take away the filter water so you can stop and filter as needed. Mm. We had to plan and not really um, rational, ration, but almost ration and know yeah. that, okay, I, I set up one of my 42-ounce bottle, 42 bottles. Strictly, okay, this is cooking. This is all cooking. All the other bottles are for drinking and nourishment and things like that. But this is used to make, yeah. you know, boiling water to heat up your, your MRE which I took a few of, are your freeze-dried food. So so the food and water on both trips, it just seems to be there's always that learning curve or trying to figure out what you can suffer without mm-hmm. or really feel that you need. You know, it's like, because you know, I took snacks, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a snack. You know, just don't want to make a meal, but I need a granola bar. So granola bars and a little munchy, things like that, I feel come in hugely handy i i thought um i I, when it comes to food i think i'm still probably carrying a little bit extra food yeah well you know no i mean but you went through your whole food bag i know (laughs) no okay wait i went through my food bag i didn't go through my snack snack bag i guess that's the way to say it yeah so so I packed a little differently this time, and I thought my space on the bike, because I didn't take the trailer this time, so Anjanette had the trailer, so the trailer got a, got a, full, got a full workout this trip. Um, but I actually had a place on my bike that was readily available for the granola bars and the blocks and the chews and the goose. So that sort of, that stuff is there. But, you know, sometimes the goose just, I don't consider that a snack. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, goose weigh, weigh, hello, have weight on them, right? Right. And I didn't, I barely touched the goose. So, I mean, just, I don't know, you know. there be Again, there, there's aspects of the ride that didn't make me need f- the snacks or the nutrition during mm-hmm. the ride. Right. You know, 
Um, and certainly I'm not going to get to camp and be like, Ooh, I'm going to eat goo. Yeah. You know? So it's that stuff that I, I, I didn't touch, you know? I mean, and, and this trip, unlike our beach trip, we stopped and ate lunch, like sat down, people brought out stoves. We ate a lunch. Totally. You know, and that helped during it. Cause I know when we pushed through to the beach, by the time we got to the beach and to Sonic, I was like, I was hangry. Yeah. This trip, I never got hangry. I never felt the wall. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I felt fatigued and tired. Yeah. Uh, and that's something we talked about like the whole time. It's like, yeah, it may have been, as you say, 24 miles, but we worked to get to where we where we were camping. You kind of felt it. Yeah. And granted, we had a late night and an early morning and we're at camp our first night and uh, people are going to bed at like 545, six o'clock. So it was like. And then sleeping for 12 hours, sleeping solid and hard until the next morning. Yeah. And so people are in bed and you took a nap and then I'm in the tent and then I hear you stirring. So we get out of the tent and Jeanette joins us. I would say by the campfire, but it's by the camp stove. And uh, (laughs) we're chatting and laughing and talking about the day's adventures. And, you know, you feel the time is flying and it's like, ah, yes, I think we made it to eight o'clock at night. Yep. Nope. 715. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and went to bed at 7.15. Yeah. But you you woke up pretty early. I think you and I both got up like at 5. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, I, you're not was, an early riser. It so. was cold enough. And it was like kind of like, ah, do I just, you know, once you're, once you're awake in the morning and you try to fight off the cold. Yeah. I just like, eh, I don't know if I just want to fight it. So. Just gonna wake up and I'm, you know, I'm gonna brew some, you know, some sunshine in a cup, yeah, coffee mix, you know, and uh, that's when I discovered that my fuel was dying. Yeah, when you were trying yeah. to it cook it at five o'clock, forever. to boil some water at five yeah. o'clock in the morning, right? So yeah. yeah, I just got up in the morning and he saw saw the sunrise and it was an okay sunrise. Yeah, just I mean the stars, JT. Oh, the night. Yeah, yeah, that was good. He took, I don't know if he did it that night. No, but no, it was the second night. Second yeah, night, yeah. he was able yeah. to, uh, JT got a new camera, and he was all excited because he wanted yeah. to do long exposures of the yeah. uh, of the Milky Way, and he got some really good shots. He did. So he did. Um, I thought it was interesting um, with six people. I know that you and I have camped before. We've bike packed and we've hiked, camped, and, and other type of activities. Uh and JT, we were familiar with, but there was three people that we didn't really know yeah. how they camp or were going to camp or what they brought to the table. And I thought is for everybody on the trip being first time to a multi-day, three of them, first time to a multi-day, I thought everyone brought a, a pretty strong set of skills yeah. to the table. Um, everyone was definitely self-sufficient. Everyone had, you know their reason for packing and doing things the way they did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, water, no water, this water, what food they brought, how they packed it on their bike, and what they were comfortable with supper-wise at the camp, meaning their base layer, yeah. their warming layer, and clothes sure. and, and things like that. So yeah. I thought it was interesting to see how everyone did it differently, but everyone was still pretty much dressed and, and did the same thing. Yeah, I mean, we're, well, we're fortunate that we didn't have any issues, you know, of, uh, hey, I, guys, I forgot to, you know, bring 
a sleeping bag, right? You know, or any any essential that could have been catastrophic. So um, everyone was independent, you know, yeah. including Angie. In the fact that it two days prior she didn't know that she was ever going to be in Joshua Tree, right? You know, um, so um, we got everyone was geared up and good, you yeah. know. So. We didn't that that wasn't the issue at all, and and so food was good, and people shared food, so conversation. So I just it's just interesting when you look and see how everybody prepares hmm. for the same type of everything that we're doing, and uh, I'm still impressed and intrigued though with JT. Why? What I do you mean, well, and, and we've talked about it, and we've talked about it, you know, leading up to the trip, and just inside conversations. They're like some of the dehydrated food, the backpacker pantries. Uh-huh. You can only buy two portions. They come in a bag, yeah. and, they're, and they're, it's two portions. Yeah. They're, they're huge. You know, an 11 by 12 bag or whatever, that doesn't really lead to bikepacking. Uh-huh. Well, JT's punk butt or whatever, you know, he, and he, I texted him, and he, he got them from his mom, so he's going to find out, but had little Ziploc portion bags, like one cup, two cup, three cup, like, so he broke down. Yeah. Now, duh, because I broke down the MREs and broke down other things. Never in my brain, even when I was in, on our other trips, I never thought about breaking down the dehydrated meals. A, because the pack that we buy the dehydrated meals in, we actually put the boiling water in and yeah. eat out of. Sure. Well, JT's mess kit includes a cup or a bowl that that's portioned for yeah. one person. Yeah. So... He broke down his dehydrated meals into one individual serving or three quarter servings and like was able to carry the amount of food for the whole trip in the space that one full dehydrated meal would take. Genius. I mean, and then, you know, he 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 eliminated the need for the bag because his cup or his saucer or whatever was big enough and actually to put in yeah. a chicken gumbo with the boiling water and let it sit for three and a half minutes and then eat. Yeah. So I, I mean, that was like, to me of everything that everybody brought to the table, just how he had his food prepared and how he had it portioned and how it took zero space was like, okay, I have to figure out how to replicate that. You know? Yeah. A, yeah. um, our little our little dangle mug or, or titanium mug is not quite big enough because his he had as a pot you know in the titanium mug but he actually had a bowl mm. that everything packed into so I just thought that was thought that was really good because you know yeah. his space and Darren's space was all really seem and and Cameron's for that mark their their space is very tight so every there's no wasted anything on those three rigs. Right. And then JT, I felt, took it to like a little nth degree with breaking down the dehydrated yeah, milk. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Darren, his saddlebag was allowed, you could fold, he put like seven meals in the flap. Because every time I turned around, that guy was eating something and I never saw where he got it from. Got it. But he took the other advantage because of the energy exerted. He ate the full two serving packages when when it came out you know he was eating yeah. eating the whole serving package yeah jt had a little more food maybe 
but eating individual smaller portions, yeah. maybe more. So I just I just thought that was yeah yeah you know no no I mean I saw how meticulous JT was because yeah. he was bringing everything out and just like whoa okay like did you did you make that at home and it's like, yeah you know just start prepping he was prepping that yeah stuff. no he had like full on food prepping when he laid out yeah. he laid out a little handkerchief or uh-huh. bandana and, and everything was just like boom 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 yeah. me I'm grabbing a bag putting it in hot water I can't find my matches I can't find the lighter hell hell my 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 uh my flask broke I lost half of my bourbon so you know it's <laughs> and then you're like damn that guy can really camp Look at his ass. <laughs> Get all jealous. And then I'm like, JT, I need to know where you got those bags. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then uh, talking with Cameron and I have, you know, an industrial grade uh, uh, flavor saver, you know, air. Uh, it's called a reduced oxygen packaging machine where you can put it under pressure and suck air out. Uh-huh. It's like, so take JT's thing. Right. And now. Put it in somewhere you can suck all the air out and and actually make a one portion even smaller. So something something I'm going to be experimenting with. That sounds like a lot of work for the next trip. But it's it's only one extra step if you're taking it and putting it in a bag anyway. I'm just going to put it in a bag that can go into a to a, you know, we call them cryovac machines, but where it sucks the air out and sucks yeah. it all in. It looks like freeze dried stuff. Yeah. And now your space is even getting smaller. So. That's that's one of the things I'm going to right try on. try in the right future, on. but uh, I say that now. <laughs> we get ready for our next trip, and it's like I don't know what are we eating. <laughs> call call me stubborn, but I mean I am uh, I'm still still sticking to my top ramen, and you know the crazy thing about the top ramen oh, though man. is that it uh, it does take up space. It's not compact. Yeah, see that's when I when we took it to the beach, and it's like that square takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you're driving the RV. I'm driving the RV. <laughs> I mean, so you've got storage. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I, you don't so want to be fru- uh, uh, frugal with your storage, frugal, or, you know, wasteful with your storage, but, you know, uh, a little seven by eight lunch bucket. But, uh, well, you know, so, I mean, that's, so th- that, that's where this trip kind of made me reconsider some things, like, or reconsider question some things was that like uh am, am i more concerned about weights or am i more concerned about space you know and maybe i need to be concerned about both but like okay if top ramen takes up more space then i just find a bigger bag to put it in right it doesn't weigh anything so i don't feel bad about it okay right yeah I mean, the stuff that's killing me is the water right right that that's but the top ramen way. takes takes it water. It takes water. Yeah. Right. So that's where like I'm just kind of stuck on that, you know? I mean I mean I, I, I'm still considering a, a whole lot the whole lot of my gear, my essentials, you know, do I give up the folding chair for that weighs 2 pounds? That's probably it. I'm not going to give up my 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 sleeping bag liner. Uh-huh. That's helping me to stay warm right you know yeah i can't give that up or if i do give that up then i'm what i'm gonna spend eight hundred dollars on a sleep a new sleeping bag that ain't gonna happen yeah so you know <laughs> that's wh- sort of the, the 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 research that i'm doing now right. is sleeping bag research 
You know, so, you know, taking up space, I don't mind. I need to find a way to lighten some things up, you know. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I guess it's one pound here, half a pound here and this. And then finally you end up saving five pounds and okay, that must be nice. Yeah, but saving five pounds is, is almost a gallon of water. Uh, is it? Well, eight pounds Two. to a gallon. So three quarters of a gallon of water. You know that that's yeah, that's two and a half liters of water. Yeah, yeah, that's that's eight top ramens. You know, so if you're able to save two pounds somewhere else, then adding that, then having that water is not going to be yeah as advent. I don't want to say the word advantageous, but as 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 load bearing or a beast of burden, as it were. Mm. You know, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, the and we 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 do these podcasts and we talk about these things to share our our experiences our learning curve and the things that we're that we are learning as we're doing it because uh you know you watch other people do it and you watch videos and it's like how do i compare to that and then then you realize and cameron said it and 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 it's true when you look and we'll post some of the pictures on on you know so on this, so you can see them. But when you just look at the campsite and look at everything that was there, and then realize it was all on bicycles, you know, nobody had a backpack. You know, nobody was we we packed it on bicycles, or in you know in in a or in a bicycle trailer. And even that trailer, the bag that she had, is it's is not huge, you know. It does give you extra space, and you don't have to really care how things pack. But you still have limited space. Yeah, you know. And we had tents, we had sleeping bags, people had jackets, people, you know, you know, cameras. It was it's like when you start looking at it, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty confident and pretty happy with our adventure, yeah. our things that we do, you know, and and the the fun or the lack of suffering, I guess, would be a key phrase that we are able to achieve. Once we get to camp, you know, there, there are certain things you can't, can't avoid or that you can't really, if the wind's going to blow in Joshua tree, when it's 25 degree or 33 degrees, the wind's going to blow and it's going to be 33 degrees. And you just got to like put your hard shell on and turn your back to the wind, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and sit on a cold rock because I didn't pack a two pound chair. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. But I think for the most part, I, I, I'm enjoying it and I'm looking forward to the, to the next excursion. Um, this was definitely an abnormally, uh, three people from the same work location <laughs> getting four days off in the middle of the week. Yeah. That won't be happening again anytime yeah. soon. Right. Uh, and thank you, Jordan. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah, but it allowed us to get out and experience some things and it does kind of wet your appetite for for the next one and and you know we've done our backpacking trips and even if we do an overnighter if we carry our our philosophy of leaving the day before and getting that extra night that's just going to add to it you know yeah so and i'm really really happy with the way with the accommodations that joshua tree has now yeah because a 36 or 40 you know 38 mile round trip it's just fun. And then Ryan's just a lot to do at Ryan campground. We got out there at three o'clock in the afternoon. Once the time changes, we've got four or five hours of exploring and things that we could do yeah. to, 
to lead up, you know, to make it not just like riding camp, riding camp, riding camp, you know, right. which is some of the things, if you read and look at the stuff that's going on in the CDT, they're just pushing miles and sleeping and pushing miles and sleeping. I'm more of the, let's enjoy the journey. And if we want to stop for an hour before we get somewhere, let's stop for an hour and explore this little side canyon or, yeah. you know, this rock outcropping. So that's what makes it fun. And that's the reason I, I enjoy doing excursions with you because we're of the same mentality. And for the most part, everyone on this trip uh, was was good. And, you know, where we all kind of just sort of did our thing and nobody like hammered or was, you know, seeming to be um, held up in any way, I guess. I don't know. So, I mean, uh, people take away from it what they take away from it. What I took away from it was fun, good times, you know, yeah. learning adventure or learning activity and looking forward to the next one. And uh, again, um, Cameron, thank you for the hookup with uh, with Kat and Kat and Jacob. Thank you for the hookup and the gear loan. We'll just sort of leave that one at that. We can talk about that on another episode. But uh, save my life, I think, figuratively and literally. Uh, yeah, there's a literal <laughs> part of this here going on. So, and... Uh, and something else we'll talk about before is never believe the gunny when he tells you there's only 800 meters left. So that that's a story for another day. I, I swear. <laughs> uh, another day, though, Jonathan. We oh. lived we lived a ride. We lived to tell it a, another day. So more stories coming, guys. Uh, thanks uh, thanks for joining us as we as we just sort of rehashed our trip. Next week we'll probably. Uh, dive a little more into it and maybe some things that we learned and uh, maybe tell you a little, some backstories of the 800 meters and the, uh, yeah. the, the gear loan. But, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure. And look, if you look hard enough right through the cracks over there, yep, that's it. That's the weekend. You can see it from here. So get out, guys. Enjoy life. Have fun. And uh, don't let the dust settle under your feet. Jonathan, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you for... Uh, not only doing adventures with me, but meeting me here in a, in a little cramp studio to talk about it from time to time. I enjoy it immensely. Thank you. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses, guys. Thank you. See ya.